It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. I'm delighted to say that today I'm joined by a very special guest. He's one of the most recognisable faces nowadays in the Arsenal world. Uh, welcome to the channel, James B from AFTV. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Well, you've really talked me up. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, man. Not too bad. Starting to feel... A little bit nervous, of course, about uh, Thursday's game. I've kind of gone big on the whole, let's not overreact to the first leg. I feel like I'm going to look a bit silly now if we do crash out. Um, but yeah, you know, big game coming up on Thursday. Um, you know, Arsenal in desperate need of, of sort of progression so that if anything, it could just kind of keep the wolves off, off of Mikel Arteta's back for a, a little while longer because I feel like things are on the verge of turning very toxic uh, for Mikel. And, and I, that's not something I want to see. Uh, James, before we get on to talk a little bit about Thursday, before we talk about uh, a couple of other bits and pieces, what is your general assessment of where Arsenal are at under Mikel Arteta? Because there's been a lot of debate about this. There's mm. There seems to be two extremes right now. There are those who just, you know, don't want to see him continue, think that he's doing a bad job, have been unhappy, have been worried about what they perceive to be a lack of progress. And then there's the other side who look at what he's inherited and probably a little bit more understanding of of, of how big a task this is. I'm not saying one's right or, or, or one's wrong. I think it's perfectly reasonable to have either of those two opinions. But where do you stand and why? This is... Um... This is one of those situations where, where the, unfortunately, the term these days is in or out, right? You're Arteta in, you're Arteta out. And, you know, the, the, the reality is that football's rarely that simple, you know, and, and especially in Arsenal's case, I'm Arteta in right now. At the moment, if I had to put myself in one of the camps, I would like to see him stay in the job and get back to a little bit longer. But when I'm discussing with people who are done with the manager and they want to move on it's very hard to disagree with their points you know you know when they say well we're ninth and tenth eleventh then you're thinking that's true and I'm saying well the squad needs an upgrade they're saying yeah but you know do West Ham have a better squad and you're thinking well that's true you know and and sort of it, it is difficult and I think the thing I'd say about Arteta sorry some lighting problems here um the thing I'd say about Arteta is he has he did inherit a mess he absolutely inherited a mess. And the phrase that um, I think is so true, it, it was going to get worse before it got better, that we've seen that kind of come to fruition. You know, getting rid of the players who were, I suppose you'd call bad eggs in the squad, that absolutely needed to happen. Um, and he, he needed to almost strip it down before he could start building what he wanted. But the reality is that you can only strip it down so much because you need to have 11 players put out there. You know, when I hear things like, um, 
you know, it's his group. You know, he signed Cedric, he signed Mary. You know, don't get me wrong, I think they've been good signings. But also, you know, he kind of almost had to sign them because he's limited in resources. And I think we need to acknowledge that maybe he's had to make certain decisions because, you know, the people he's working with upstairs haven't necessarily made it as easy for him. So um, it's, a, it's a really difficult one. I think ultimately, I still want to see him backed. But if you go out to Slavia Prague and you finish ninth, it becomes very difficult to defend. I have to say that. And I completely agree with you. And and what I've been saying throughout the course of the season is, you know, it's, it's been a it's been a disappointing campaign from a domestic side, but we have the opportunity in the Europa League to salvage it. We have the opportunity to turn a very disappointing campaign into actually quite a good one. Because if Arsenal could go on and win this competition, which is not beyond the realms of possibility. It's not as yeah. impossible as some Arsenal fans would have you believe. But yeah. if Arsenal could win this competition and you look back on the season objectives that would have been set out at the start of the campaign, which were for Arsenal to qualify for the Champions League, Mikel Arteta would have achieved that whilst delivering his second trophy uh, in as many seasons. So I think you've got to give him the remainder of this campaign with the benefit of the doubt, you you know, you have yeah. to. If Arsenal are to crash out of the Europa League and we are to finish ninth, tenth, wherever it may be, a disappointing league position, then I think next season, the pressure is on Mikel Arteta from the very off. And yeah. I've talked a lot about the positive things that Mikel Arteta has brought to the club, but I think he has made mistakes. And I've got a, a, another edition of the podcast going out later today. So I'm not going to go into that too deeply from my perspective. Um, but I do think he's made mistakes. I think it's important you acknowledge those mistakes. But you also understand that this was a complete shit show when he took it over. Yeah. It now, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was massively anti Unai Emery. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, and again, it, it wasn't personal. It wasn't because I don't like the guy. It was because I didn't think we were going in the right direction. And, and your point for me is absolutely valid. In order to, to rebuild, he had to strip it completely back. And you're right. There are players like Cedric there, um, who some think, I think Cedric is a good squad player. There are like others him. who, yeah, yeah, I mean, and then there are others who have dug him out sort of over the last couple of weeks or so. But, you know, these were patch-up jobs. These were signings yeah. brought in just to fill holes and voids on very, very limited resource. If Mikel Arteta doesn't win the Europa League, yeah, will you be like me looking at him at the, from the start of next season and saying, listen, Mikel, I believe in you because I do think there's something there, but you've got to turn it around and quicker. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go out there and say, even if he wins the Europa League, finishes seventh or eighth, I'll still be looking at him closely because uh, I'll give him all the benefit, right? I'll give him all the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the squad rebuild, uh, the mess he's inherited at the club. Um, you know, I almost think Arsenal made him manager, you know, promoting him from head coach because they thought, wow, he's one of the few in this club who's got his head screwed on. And by the way, I really do, be do believe that he's an ultra intelligent, you know, almost mastermind of football. I really do believe that, right? I do believe the impact he's had on players he's played with, managers he's worked with, other coaches, you know, they see a lot in him. And I really do, but that doesn't necessarily translate to great manager. And so, I'm looking at him from the very start of next season, no matter what really happens, and saying, let's take Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, right? Arteta, you could make a very strong case for Arteta having done a better job than Solskjaer. Why? Because he won the FA Cup. 
And that's what these clubs are based off. But progression is seen at Man United in that last season they got top four with a great late run. And now this season they've cemented that. They've gone beyond and they've actually, they're not really in that sort of dogfight. They're quite comfortably in there. You'd think next season again. So you can see a natural progression without them having necessarily won trophies. And I think Arteta, no matter what, we need to start seeing us climb that table. And I'm not saying he's got to get top four because I think we've got to be realistic about the money that Man City and Chelsea spend, Man United spend, uh, how good Liverpool have been. But we need to start closing that gap. So, yeah, absolutely. All eyes on next season. Um, and then this season, the funny thing is that everything we've said and all the negativity around the club, which we have to say has been there since week five, really, of the season, um, <laughs> he can still finish sixth or seventh, which is a place higher than last season. He can still smash last season's points tally. That's the funny thing. Um, and he can still win the Europa League. And that's a very good season. You know, if I was offered that at the beginning of the year, I'd have absolutely taken it. So um, it is important to just be measured, but I understand why there's real hesitation around Arteta at the same time. But equally, that hesitation, and it seems to be more so with the Arsenal fan base. Maybe that's an unfair comment. I say more so with the Arsenal fan base because I'm an Arsenal fan and I follow the club and I'm always looking at what's going on. But it feels like that hesitation around Mikel Arteta has very quickly turned into toxicity. It's very quickly turned into the anti-Mikel Arteta brigade. And it was unhelpful for Arsene Wenger at the back end of his tenure. It was unhelpful to Unai Emery. How do we think as fans that being so outraged about something that is kind of expected? And look, people always tell me this. They say to me, and there's there's a comment in the chat here. Let me just... Uh, pick it out jack jack's on my case all the time in the chat mm. and he says we're the only big club that accepts this mediocrity arteta wins the europa league or is sacked that's how it should be accepting mediocrity is one thing but understanding where you're actually at is another and it doesn't mean you're accepting of it necessarily because your expectations are more realistic arsenal are not a top 4 premier league outfit at the moment that is yeah. the fact. They were not a top four Premier League outfit when Mikel Arteta took him over. That's why Unai Emery was sacked. So to expect him, having not even had a full season yet, to have completely turned that around, I think is unrealistic. Mm -hmm. It's not accepting of where we are. We're not happy to be there. You would never find an Arsenal fan who will come on here and say, I'm happy that we are mid-table. It's just about adjusting those expectations. And and I just think that as a fan base, we'd help our club a lot more. We'd we'd spur our players on a lot more if we just got behind them rather than always. You know, there were people, and I and, and I'm sure there were people who were out there looking at that Sheffield United game, and were waiting for us to slip up so that they could drive that agenda again of mm -hmm. Mikel Arteta is the wrong man. Let's get him out. And what are we hoping to achieve from that? Do, do you feel like the fan base has turned almost ever since the Wenger divide, it's turned so extreme. It's one way or the other. There's no in between. There's no rational sort of discussion. It's literally in or out. It's just not helpful, is it? The, the, the latter days of Wenger were an incredibly divisive time for the club. And I think we are still feeling the ripple effect of that because um, people who wanted Wenger out want, you know, and, and by the way, this is not a criticism. I absolutely understand it. They want to be proven right for having that feeling because 
contrary to what maybe some people believe, it wasn't it was it was hard for Arsenal fans to say that it's time to move beyond Wenger. Even the ones who, you know, maybe decided from 2011, 2012 that he wasn't the man anymore. It was hard because of what he'd given us. And he always represented the club well. And then you move on to Unai Emery. I wanted Unai Emery. I'm, we weren't even linked to him. And I said, Unai Emery's just left PSG. Go get this guy. And I was so wrong. I was one of the first to turn. Um, but, you know, people kind of want to be proven right to a degree. Is it helpful? I just think the reality is that fans are fans. You know, we have almost, especially not being in ground, we have the least impact right now. Edu can make a difference. Arteta can make a difference. The players can make a difference. The fitness coach can make a difference. Cronky, my word, he can make a difference. Um, and we can't. So we feel frustrated. And you know what? In a lot of ways, we probably do understand the club more than the people running it. We probably do. You know, we've been there since day one. We are, we're fans. We we soak it in every single minute of Arsenal Football Club. We're, we're there. We're a part of it. And you sort of get, you know, sometimes you get people who come in, they take on a job and, you know, they say, oh, I understand Arsenal, what it's about. And, and you sort of question that. So I do understand why fans get right is it help is it helpful no but i i guess the way i'm trying what i'm trying to say is fans and how we react is almost the least of my worries i'm more worried about what's going on at the club um i do maybe i'm being naive maybe maybe i am i, I do hear what you're saying um but it probably is uh, i don't know do you get what i'm trying to say i get what you're trying to say i guess my counter to that would be maybe to some of us it, it could be the least of our worries but when that then creates an environment in which managers don't get given the time mm. to do what they need to do then I think it becomes a problem so Unai Emery I, I wasn't on board with Unai Emery right from day but, one not from day one I <laughs> See, I get labelled as as the guy that was calling out Unai Emery from literally the first week, and that's not what happened. After a few months, when when people were kind of excited about that run, you remember that twenty two yeah. game unbeaten run that we went on. Well, we I got was our Arsenal back, did we? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I was sitting there going, "Okay, we're picking up results right now, but what is the end goal here? What is it that Unai Emery is trying to take us to?" What is it that he he wants to achieve in terms of playing style, in terms of the squad? I couldn't see it. And I and I kept calling that out. I kept saying, I just don't get it. I never bought into Unai Emery for those reasons. With Mikel Arteta, I do buy into him because I think that at least in his own mind, what he wants to achieve is very, very clear. Whereas Unai Emery, Unai Emery for me is someone who goes from club to club and will in the short term, try to knit something together that will get him the results. He doesn't care what the football looks like. He doesn't particularly care about the culture. All he cares about is getting the results. And, and that's fine. Some managers do that. But having lost Arsene Wenger, somebody who embodied everything that the club was, it was imperative that somebody came in with a view to the longer term. And Emery, for me, the fact that the club only signed him on a two-year contract was always just the stopgap. And I think the club got that badly wrong. Yeah. With Mikel, I think it is with a viewer to the longer term. Um, and and that's why we have to understand as fans as well that it's not going to happen overnight. Has he made errors? I've said it already. Of course he has. You know, there isn't a manager in world football that hasn't made errors. And some of them have proven quite costly. 
But for me, you've still got to give him the time. And if the fans are going to kick up a stink every time we have a minor setback, then is he going to get that time? I don't know. I worry that he won't. Do you, do you think the fan base overall, though, has been more patient with Arteta than than Unai? Because my, I guess my take on the, the, the fan and how, the fans and how they sort of been with Arteta is actually they've been. I do think as a whole, as a collective, and of course there are some who haven't, I think as a whole we have been more patient with Arteta. I, I do think there's been almost like, actually a lot of what I'm seeing is almost rival fans saying, how are you still backing this guy? And they can't believe that a lot of Arsenal fans still see something in Arteta. So I, I, I do wonder whether maybe there has been, there's always going to be divides, isn't there? Always. We, I, I'm convinced, right, we could be top of the league, 10 points clear. And there would be a divide about something. Absolutely. Well, it'd come down to a player or it'd come down to something really minor, but there'll always be a divide. I feel like actually maybe there has been a little bit more unity around Arteta's work and his kind of vision. Cause I agree with you. I see much more of an identity and philosophy under Arteta than I ever saw under Emery. The results aren't necessarily much better, but I definitely see more of a path. I see a clear, right. I see where he's trying to go with this. Yeah, I, I think at the beginning, there was a lot of patience with Mikel Arteta because obviously he took over the club when we were in a really difficult spot. Winning the FA Cup brought him some some goodwill with the fan base. And, you know, it, it was obviously a positive. But I think from, uh, from Mikel Arteta's perspective, what it did was accelerate the level of expectation 100%. way, way quicker than it than it should have been accelerated. And we, we ended up in a place where people were sitting there going, hold on a minute. This Arsenal side, they've beaten Manchester City in the semi-final. They've beaten Chelsea. They've done brilliantly here. Perhaps Mikel Arteta can guide us back into the top four. But the reality was those were one-off games. And yeah. the, the most difficult thing to find is consistency. And, and that's what's let Arsenal down. At times, we've been brilliant this season. There have been flashes in matches where you've gone, right, I can really see what, what is he's trying to implement. It's really working. We're doing brilliantly. And then the next week, we we slip back into bad habits. And unfortunately, unless you're given the funds to go and overhaul a 25-man squad in one summer, then it is a bit of a process. I People always ask me, James, what is the process? Come on, Harry, tell us what the process is. And I always say the process is the replacement of players that have constantly let us down over a period of time. And it has to be over a period of time because we're not Chelsea and we're not Manchester City. That is the reality of it. Yeah, it and, is. I, and I just want people to be a little bit more understanding of that and not sort of, you know, getting so caught up in, yes, results are important. But for me, when it got to Christmas and Arsenal were where they were in the league in 15th place, I'd written off the Premier League. And for me, it was about seeing progress visually and I think sometimes as fans, we have to trust our gut. We have to trust what we're seeing, the eye test, rather than just focusing, homing in on, on statistics. Mm. Just a quick reminder before we continue, because it's a great discussion. I'm really enjoying it. Before we continue, don't forget this show is sponsored by Le Bomb, the new football predictor game. I was playing a game this weekend uh, with some of the uh, most recognisable faces on YouTube. Uh, Rory Jennings, uh, Adam McCola, Elliot Hackney and uh, Boovy. And I won. I finished top of the pile yesterday, having predicted a draw between Brighton and Everton. So I'm delighted to have taken the uh, the cash prize. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but make sure you guys check out the Le Bomb 
predictor app. The link is in the description. Download it. You must be 18 to play and a UK resident. Um, let's go over to the chat box. LFC Aaron, I'm assuming is a Liverpool fan, says, interesting discussion. Trophies versus progression. It's good question. This is the thing, isn't it? It's a good question. Where where do you stand on this, James? I can't remember. I was talking to you the other day. Um, maybe someone in the office. Have Man United progressed more than Arsenal under Oli and Arteta? This, you know, under under those management. Yeah, absolutely. You have to say Man United progressed more. But who's been more successful? Arsenal. There's no question. Arsenal. They won a trophy. And that's not that's not up for debate. So, you know, and that's kind of what it comes down to: trophies versus progression. I'll be honest. Trophies can be short-term plasters over big cracks, can't they? They can be. You know, yeah. that's the reality. Spurs might win the Carabao Cup. In fact, I've actually tipped them to win it. I think they'll they'll just it's their one game. I think they'll do it and, and get over the line. But have they Don't progressed under Mourinho? Absolutely not. <laughs> Are Spurs, are Spurs happy with Mourinho? Absolutely not. Um, so I think I lean towards the side of progression. But this is kind of, we're talking long term. If you're saying right now, you're going to finish 13th, but you're going to win the Europa League, I'd take that any day. i take that. i worry about progression in the summer. i worry about it then. You know, so it's short term versus the long term. Where do you stand? I find it difficult. I think I've got to lean towards progression personally. Yeah, I think because we've fallen so far, and because yeah. and because we've won trophies in recent years. Listen, Arsenal, you know, you hear people say it all the time, Arsenal are finished, Arsenal are not part of the big the big six anymore. But Arsenal have won trophies in recent seasons. So yes, it's great going it's great going to Wembley, having a day out um in the sun, enjoying the cup final. But ultimately, I would sacrifice one of those if it meant that Arsenal would push further up the table. Yeah. I think it is about longer term progression now with Arsenal. I think it's it's gotta be. Um I think it you know, that's the only way we stop stop the rot. That's the only way we, we start getting back to where we need to be. The fact is that for all the things I've said about Mikel Arteta and for all the kind of points I've made almost defending him, the reality is that a club of Arsenal's size cannot be languishing in mid table. You know, yeah. last season wasn't an, he came in halfway through. We finished eighth. It wasn't acceptable, but you kind of got it. He'd only been there for half the campaign. Yeah. He's had a full season, and 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 whatever he does now between the end of the season, there's no getting away from the fact the league campaign has been disappointing, and that's why I understand why some people don't want Arteta in anymore. Yeah. I just wish that they'd project it in a way was a little bit more constructive. You know, Arteta out, Arteta out. Tell me why. Tell me what you yeah. disagree with. Tell me what it is that you think he's got wrong. And I think that would that would help and make for and, better discussion. And in fairness, you know, and if I'm looking at the other side of things, take Slavia Prague the other night, right? Why are we seeing Willian start over Martinelli? You know, it's not like Willian's been unplayable of late. And, and, and that's a, I think that's a very valid question. Why in one of our biggest games of the season... You know, are we still seeing errors in selection? Why is it taking to the 70th minute to see substitutions made? You know, we all realised within the first 10 minutes of the game, Slavia Prague had a high line and we were getting in behind. We could cause them problems. OK, all right, you're not going to make a change after 10 minutes. But you think by minute 55, you go, all right, I've given them 10 minutes the second half to see what they can do. It's not happening. I've got blistering pace in Martinelli, Bamiang and Pepe on the bench. Let, let's cause them havoc. 
you know, it's little things like that. I do understand where where um, fans worry. And, and actually, where I am very sympathetic is the development of players like Saliba and Genduzi. You know, I know that there might be, and I'm going to say might because I obviously don't know, but there are murmurs of attitude problems or not being ready mentally, but also, you know, may, maybe they're not physically ready for us. I don't know. But I don't want to see us miss out on these players because the manager's decided that they're not for him. I think we can all agree that they're super talented players. It's on the manager to get something out of them. Now, look, that's still all to be seen, but that's a very valid point as well. You know, he effectively chose Leno over Martinez. That's fine. I didn't have a problem with that at the time. But it's fair to say Martinez is having a better season than Leno. And, you know, if we're hearing, oh, well, we sold, we sold Martinez because someone was willing to pay 20 million, you think, well, that's where the standards of the club are now, aren't they? We're just going to sell the one we can get the most money for. And so I, I do understand where the frustrations come from. But I'm with you, right? We, we can and should still beat Slavia Prague. We absolutely should. We really should go and score. And then we, we got a good chance at the Europa League. And we've got a good chance of improving on last year's tally. And, and the reason I, I, I focus on that, because tallies change, right? We finished on 70, 70 points, finished second. The year after, 75 points, fifth, right? So it's not everything. But they're little measures of progression. So I think it, it is on us to just be a little bit more patient. What's the point now? If we sack him now, what's the point? Well, there's only a handful of games left. We may as well see this out and all come with a, you know, a, a complete package at the end of the season of how we feel it's gone. I agree it's too early to start, you know, trying to hound him out for, for anyone who is, in, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, there have been reports over the last couple of days of a kind of uh, a bit of unrest in the dressing room behind the scenes that there are players who uh, are not quite uh, on board with what Mikel is doing. And I just wanted to quickly discuss discuss those reports. Now, for me, I think it's a really easy story to write. Um, you know, based on on what's going on at Arsenal right now, based on the way the season's gone so far, based on the fact that our captain Pierre Emerick Aubameyang has has been through a couple of issues, um, in in particular with the manager where he's he's been left out of the team, he's been dropped, etc. I feel like it's a, a an easy story to write. You know, me and you have both worked in the industry. We both know that sometimes something like that can be made into a big story for clicks, and 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 that's the reality. You know, it's not to discredit anyone, but that is the reality of the of the world that we work in. There will obviously be players who are disengaged with Mikel Arteta, and that. But every manager will have that, and that those players will be the ones that aren't getting a look in, the ones that aren't playing regularly, the ones that feel they deserve to be in the starting eleven week in week out, and are not. Do you think there's any credence to these reports, or do you, like me, believe that? It's an easy story to write. Arsenal aren't playing well. And the reality is, if we don't go through on Thursday, you'll probably see more of those stories come out because it's just the nature of the business. It feels easy. Look, I, I don't know who wrote the story. I saw it. Um, I actually try not to engage with it. Obviously, I sort of said, but um, it, it it is an easy story. You know, it's kind of like, well, there probably are problems. So, but no, I'm not I'm not saying that, that that's how it came about. You know, obviously, every journalist tries to, you know, has their sources and, and inside info or whatever. Look, for me, I don't really see much of a problem here because when I watch Arsenal, you can be critical of Arteta for lots of things. 
You can be critical of the players as well for lots of things. But actually, downing tools on the manager actually isn't something I think we've seen. Now, I was starting to get a little concerned after the first 30 minutes at West Ham, the performance against Liverpool, and then the general sort of attitude in the Slavia Prague game. I started thinking, oh my, maybe they have down tools because they don't look at it. Um, but then Sheffield United, a game that could easily have just been a nothing game, I thought they were really at it and looked really sharp. And I think over the season, when it got really bad over the autumn, I don't think the players down tools on the manager. So that's encouraging. But whether that's because they're doing it because they back him or they're doing it because they're scared for themselves, I don't really care. Because actually, I'd be delighted if Edu, Josh Cronky, Stan Cronky, whoever, went down to the dressing room and said, listen, guys, this is our manager. I don't care where he is. He's our manager and we're going to back him and he's going to be here in the summer. And those of you who down tools of him won't be down, down tools on him, won't be here, but he will be. And we'll just give him the players who are going to play for him. And I don't really have much of a problem with that because I've seen too many managers, even Emery, who I wanted out, let down by players who, yes, also won a CFA Cup, also gave me some great moments, but have also let me down a lot. You know, I, I don't feel as connected to this group as I have. Granted, since January, I have more so. Love Saka, love Smith-Rowe, love Odegaard, Partey, Tierney, Gabrielle, Mary. There's a lot of players I do love in there, but I'm sort of where we are as a club right now. I'm past the point of just blaming it all on the manager and I want the players to take a bit of responsibility. So um, do I think they've downed tools? No, I don't. Uh, for what reasons they haven't, you know, I'm, I'm not sure whether it's, you know, for, for, for right or wrong reasons, but I do actually think they'll give it their all till the end of the season and then we'll see more about where they stand with this manager. Yeah, agreed. Uh, guys, get your questions in the live chat for the last 10 minutes or so of the show and we'll get through as many of those as we possibly can. Don't forget, if you're watching us on YouTube, smash the like button. It is so, so important. It really does help. There's over 250 of you watching us live right now. So there's no excuse for us not at least hitting 100 likes between now and the end of the video. So make sure uh, you do that. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. Check out the membership uh, link if you're interested. And of course, download the Lobom app. It is really, really good fun. Um, and you take on your mates rather than the bookmakers. So it's really, really good fun. Um, let's see uh, what you guys are saying in the chat. I've seen a few questions uh, thrown in there already. Um, I picked this one out from Marble Hall's TV, who says, I respect both of you being pro Mikel, but as a journo, Harry, if the head of BBC Sport left, would you or James get that position? Why did a club of our size get Mikel? And he goes on to say, uh, Arteta can be a top coach, but why did we get him in a crisis situation? No offence meant in my analogy, none taken, mate, don't worry. But Arteta isn't the right man for Arsenal now. It's an insane selection by our top owners. I'll start off on this one because there was a lot of debate around who should take the job, right? After Wenger left, the Emery thing, as you've already alluded to, James, came completely out of the blue. We weren't linked and all of a sudden Unai Emery was on his way to London to, to sign on the dotted line. We know that Arsenal tried for Arteta uh, after Wenger left. I, when sort of, when Emery went, I was going big on Carlo Ancelotti. I thought that I looked at Carlo Ancelotti. I saw someone with experience, someone with clout, someone who would come in and shake up the group and have the history behind him to almost command the respect an Arsenal manager needed immediately. And I was disappointed when we got him. Uh, well, sorry, when we didn't get him. 
and when we went for Arteta. My initial feeling was one of disappointment. Having seen Arteta speak, etc., etc., et I started to think, actually, there is more to this guy than, than we think. And then I've backed him pretty much ever since. But it, it, do you share the same view that Arsenal had to go and get somebody of a bigger sort of reputation because that was the only way they were going to command respect instantly and, and have the experience in their locker to be able to turn this around a lot quicker. Uh, um, this is so difficult. I actually wasn't that keen on Ancelotti and I can't really explain why I'm half Italian. You think I would be, but um, <laughs> I think you only got to look at what's happening at Everton now, right? Can you, I know I know they're doing better than us. Don't get me wrong. They're having a better season than us. They're still in contention for top four. I think if we had Everton's results right now, we'd be tearing our hair out. How are we losing so many home games? How have we drawn at Brighton? I really do. I think we'd still, I think we'd still be on the same conversations. Just we'd be maybe we would be slightly higher up the table. I do think so. Ancelotti's an elite manager. I'm not I'm not trying to discredit him. I just wasn't sure he was the right man either. Um when we got Arteta, I I didn't have necessarily great expectation. I had great hope because this was a guy who I had no track record. A lot of people were saying there's no track record. So, you know, I'm worried. I was thinking there's no track record. So I'm excited. You know, I've got no idea what his limitations are or whatever. This could be this could be a second coming of Guardiola or it could be Uno Emery 2.0. And I mean that respect because Emery's done a lot in the game, but I'm talking as an Arsenal manager. Um, at the moment, it's looking more the latter. Um but I think we knew he was going to make mistakes on the job. I kind of, I acknowledged that. And actually a lot last season, some of the results we had, Brighton away, um, some of the performances, I didn't really get that disappointed about. Um, this season, I went in thinking, you know, hopefully he could do more, maybe change for top four, top six. And I've had to really completely readdress my expectations, but not just because of the results, but because I've learned a lot about the squad. Um it's it's a really great question. Did he ever merit that job? I don't know, but he's got it now. <laughs> you know, he's got it. And, and I guess my big question to everyone out there, because it follows on to this, is and I'll ask you this, Harry. If he were to go, who's the natural next person? Uh, is there an obvious candidate? I'm not sure there is. Certainly not anyone out of a job. Yeah, and and you've got to think that football is is, is almost become a victim of this short termism lately, where yeah, managers might look at this job and go. It's too big of a job. It's too big of a task. It's too big of a turnaround. And it's going to take me three or four seasons. And quite frankly, I'm not prepared to go there for three or four seasons. That's that's the reality of how football is nowadays. You know, yeah. it's not like before, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson, 20 plus years at a club. Arsene Wenger, 20 plus years at a club. You won't see that anymore. Um, and you see it now with with some of the top coaches around the continent, you know, Barring Diego Simeone, you know, Zinedine Zidane had a spell at Real Madrid, did really well. It broke down. He left. He's back now. You look at Barcelona, how much they chop and change coaches. Chelsea chop and change coaches. I think it's very rare to find that sort of long-termism nowadays. But the reality is that this job, unless you're going to go and unless the Cronkies are going to say, here you go, here's lots of money. Go and sort out this team immediately. It is a long-term job. And that's what people, in my opinion, are failing to recognise. We've got a few more questions. Let's pick out a few more. Let's accelerate um, through a few more. Michelle's been at it in the chat from the very beginning. Harry, uh, what would need to happen for you to accept Arteta is shit? 
Um, my personal opinion, Machine, is that Arteta is not a shit coach. If if Mikel Arteta fails at Arsenal, in my opinion, it'll be partly down to him, but it'll also be partly down to the circumstances. Unai Emery is not a shit manager, but he failed at Arsenal because the circumstances weren't right. Sometimes clubs and managers, clubs and players, clubs and directors of football, clubs and owners just don't fit. Sometimes the the pieces of the jigsaw just do not go together. And and, and that's that. Um, Jack Burgess says, uh, did you watch the Basuma show last night? The game was dreadful, but Basuma ran the show and is exactly what we need. He's an Arsenal fan as well. Poor guy. Uh, James, would you like to see Arsenal go out and, and try and bring Basuma in this summer? Very impressive yeah. performance from him last night. It was a game I was working on. Um, and, and, and Jack is absolutely right. He was one of the only bright sparks in what was a largely poor game of football. Yeah, quality player. Um, I, do you know what? I've still got those bad memories of him laughing at us when we, I mean, yeah, by the way, we don't know he's laughing at us, but you know, remember that clip when, when we drew with Brighton, we didn't get top four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but looking beyond that, um, the kid's got character. Um, I think he'd be an amazing partner for Thomas Partey. Um, I'd be very interested to see if that's the kind of profile player we actually go for because Arteta's always spoken in the media about playing a 4-3-3. You know, that's kind of his long-term vision. And I've always envisaged that being something similar to what City did with De Bruyne and Silver in midfield, very creative midfielders. I think Basuma is more of a box-to-box. Uh, yeah, he, he'd be he'd be a class signing. We definitely need that profile. You know, some of my favourite signings of late have been Odegaard, 22, Tierney, 23. Gabriel, 22. Players who, they're not so raw, you don't play them, but they're at a good age where they're getting into their better years and they feel excited about playing for Arsenal. Um, so Basuma really ticks all those boxes, in fairness. He does indeed. Um, let me pick out this comment from uh, Yo-Yo, who says, uh, Arteta apologists are rife. Emery's failures were down to him being undermined by Raul Mislintat's power struggle. Arsenal has, uh, Arteta, sorry, has no one to answer to. And I, I agree. We just said it five minutes ago. We just said that that part of why Unai Emery failed, part of why Mikel Arteta failed or, or might fail is because of the circumstances around them. And you've just pointed out a great point. Unai Emery, we know, didn't get the players he wanted, but I still felt he could have done more with this squad. I still feel Mikel Arteta could do more with this squad. But Mikel Arteta... The key point to remember here with Mikel Arteta, right? We're looking at how long he's been in charge. He mm. took over last, not the one gone, the one before December. So f- take him on a year. And then he's had what? January, February, March, and we're in April. So a year and four months. Let's let's not forget that three months of that was spent in lockdown with zero football and no training going on. So sh- almost shaved three months off of his tenure. And he's been here just over a year. And that's w- another reason why I'm willing to give him uh, a little bit more time. And, and, and that's and that, by the way, shouldn't be. You know, when, when you say things like that, because I've said things like that, and then what do you get? You get stop making excuses. Listen, just because you've got circumstances to consider, not everything's an excuse. Should he be ninth? No, absolutely not. And I want everyone in the chat, everyone watching this, to to understand that I absolutely agree, and that my standards are much better than that for this club, trust me. But, okay, if everyone's fully fit, everyone in the league's got a fully fit 11, playing every week, where should Arsenal finish? I'd argue, and I don't feel proud of this, I'd argue sixth or seventh. Because City have a better first 11 than us. 
and, and, and squad maybe. But let's just talk first 11. City do, United do. Everyone's always talking about Leicester's players and how great they are. Well, they probably have a better first 11 than us. I think it's changed since we signed Odegaard and Partey's been fit. But, you know, for most of the season, they've had injuries. OK, Chelsea certainly do. Liverpool certainly do. Hate to say it, but them lot down the road have a pretty bloody good striker. <laughs> you know, uh, my point is just it's just acknowledging context. That's all it is. You know, he has had it hard. You know, he, he has. She be doing better. Absolutely. Does he make selection and sub decisions and in-game management decisions that terrify me? Absolutely. Um, but there's a bigger picture at Arsenal. You know, I, I, I don't want to lead on to this, Harry. Do you remember last summer? And I, I, I imagine you were probably part of this as well. People were saying, right, we're going into the last week of the window. What do we need? We need Hussein Awar and Thomas Partey. We need both. And people were saying, well, Fabrizio Romano, great journalist, was saying it's probably going to be one or the other. And fans are saying, no, not one or the It's got to be both. We need both. And that tells you everything you need to know about Arsenal. It's a, it's, you know, papering over cracks. It's, we'll do half the job. Look how excited we were about Thomas Partey. We did a music video, <laughs> you know, we loved it. <laughs> and, and we're right to enjoy those moments. But we've got to acknowledge that there are too many people at the club just half-arsing the job. And so it's hard to expect, it's right to expect better of Arteta, but it's hard to expect much more than this because of the circumstances he's got. And we've got to acknowledge that. Yeah, completely agree. Couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, agree perfectly. Um, guys, quick reminder once more, don't forget to smash that like button if you haven't done so already. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. Make sure you give James a follow on Twitter. James, how can people follow you on Twitter? What's your handle? Oh, thanks, it's um, at JamesAFTV. Pretty pretty simple. Pretty easy. Um, there you go. <laughs> and uh, check out all the brilliant shows that James hosts over on AFTV. Uh, James, we're going to leave it there. I want to say a massive thank you to you for coming on because I know you're super busy. Really appreciate it. It's been a great discussion. Um, so thank you so much. And I uh, hope to speak to you again soon, mate. Yeah, no, th honestly, thank you so much. I'm a big fan of the podcast. So thanks for having me on. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully we get that win on Thursday because we really need it. Yeah, we really, really do. Uh, we're going to leave it there. We'll catch you all soon. We've got another episode dropping a little bit later today. So keep your notifications turned on and we will catch you soon. Until next time, take care. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.